Today, the message I have, I feel like the Lord has put on my heart, is a very, very urgent message. The message is hope in God. Probably the, the most profound prayer we can pray contains only three words, hope in God. If we don't have hope, we don't have anything. Where there's life, there's hope. Where there's hope, there is life. I'm going to talk to you today in the last of a series I've tried to in, involve my studies in regarding against all odds. It's really about focusing on God's power when we're at, at our lowest. Okay? It's really about the weakness that you and I have taking that to God and make, making that our call to serve Him uh, in spite of our weakness, believing that He can take that and do something with it. He can, He does. And so what I'd like to try to do today, my, my last topic is, is entitled The Structure of Hope. That is, how is this hope built? What is hope? And, and to understand that, I pray will shake our hope, will heat our hope up, will wake our hope up, okay? So that we can, we can look hard for God's glory, that we can lean hard on God's grace, and we can listen hard to God's guidance. Would you please take your Bibles and turn with me to Romans chapter 4. And let's hear what God says about hope. I'm going to ask you to stand there with me for a few minutes as we read these verses together. Romans chapter 4, verses 18 through 22. Who against hope believed in hope that he might become the father of many nations, According to that which was spoken, so shall thy seed be. And being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body now dead when he was about an hundred years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God. And being fully persuaded that what he had promised, he was also able to perform. And therefore, it was imputed to him for righteousness. Would you please be seated? Probably these, these verses, this text, is probably the, the center of, of, of the, the message of against all odds. Because what we see is the very weakness of Abraham and Sarah. And you remember way back in Genesis, God promised Abraham that he would have an inheritance, a posterity of people before him. You remember God says, Abraham, you go out and you look at the stars. And you look at the sands of the sea. And says, I'm going to bless you with the people that just liken to that, that you can't even number them. Now God tells Abraham that when he's 90 years old or up in age. 
Abraham has waited 20-something years, maybe. At this writing, understand, Abraham's probably 100 years old. Sarah's 90. Guess what? He has no children. None. Not by him. You remember Hagar, his wife Sarah, decided she would kind of figure out God, get ahead of God like we always do. And, and so she talked Abraham into having a relationship with their handmaid, Hagar, and they had Ishmael born, but that was not what God wanted. That's what, not what God promised. And it turned out to be a big problem. When you and I try to do and figure out God and get around God, and it's not going to work like that. God is not going to share his glory with another. He's not. But, but so God has promised this, but it's not happened. And, and so what the deal is, Abraham and Sarah, this point, that, that is at their weakest ebb, and yet God says, Abraham is going to be. And we know the story that Ishmael or Isaac comes. And Isaac is a figure, rather a type, of every born-again believer. In that, Isaac, you remember, come from the deadness of Sarah's womb. And the like of the ability of, of Abraham's procreative abilities and powers, he came from God. So that we're born of God, you see, not by the will of man, but we are God's doing. And so what a blessing to understand that we can have hope. And so I want to talk about that today, the structure of hope. Now, I'm not talking about the kind of hope that you're going to get by crossing your fingers. I'm not talking about the kind of hope that you can get while just whistling in the dark and trying to ignore it. Because if you're going to really have hope, you're going to have to deal with facing the facts. And we're not too good at that. But Abraham and Sarah had to face the facts. Now, Sarah laughed at the facts back in Genesis 18. But what happened in Genesis 11, she understands. Now she's called a woman of faith. That's what grace does. That's why we lean hard on God's grace. Now see, I'm talking to you about hope, and I'm not talking about secular hope, because secular hope kind of implies an uncertainty. You know, I hope that it might happen. You know, when you think about hope, you've got to be careful, what are you hoping for? <laughs> what is the direction of your hope? Because we are creatures of hope, all of us. Now, I might say, for example, I hope that, that I can preach a good sermon. But why do I hope that? Do I hope that because so I'll look good? Or somebody will say, Randy, you, you preach a good sermon. Or are we hoping for a good crop or hoping for a good uh, a business year to, to understand that, idea? you know, if I get that extra money, this is what I'm going to do with it. See, we can hope for the wrong things, but, but to hope for the right things, we have to understand the source of our hope. And so, so we, when you think about that, the structure of the hope is so important. So what is the reason for what you hope for? The reason that you and I are to hope, it's said right here, for the glory of God. You got to hope for God's glory in your life. 
Because when you set your eyes and sights on God's glory, you will find somewhere in your life, you will find so much peace and happiness and joy that you never imagined. For example, if you hope that you will have a happy marriage, and that's your only hope, the ultimate hope, you probably won't have a very happy one. But if you hope that your marriage will glorify God, then you're going to have a happy marriage if that's your hope. See, the thing about hope, if you want to know what hope is, hope is, is the expectation of a future good. See, the difference in faith and hope is this. Faith has to do with the present, the past, and certainly the future, whereas hope focuses more on the future, what you have coming, what you expect from God. But it's not just a deal where you have to look at your horoscope. It is something that you go back to God and you say, what did God say? See, what you got to deal with is what did God say? Hope is not based on feelings. Can you imagine how Abraham and Sarah might have felt? <laughs> Can you see, relate to how you feel about obstacles in your life and situations that you're dealing with about hope? See, hope is, is believing, expecting, definitely. Because the source is God's word. See, the reason that Abraham believed and that he could hope against hope, that means that he had hope when it was impossibly, utterly, absolutely impossible humanly for this to happen. There was not even an inkling of a chance it could happen. He could not father children on his own. We're going to have to get to the point where we're going to have to say, I can't do this, God. And when we get to that point, God will do it. Now, he might not do it to the way we want it, but he will give us hope. Because a person that is a hopeful person, if you have hope, then you aren't going to be, I'm talking about biblical hope, you have to have an understanding that you are a sinner and that you're basing your righteousness on the work because you beloved of God of Christ on the cross. That you have his merit. It's not because you were holy and that you were good. It's because Christ is. But because he is, you can be hopeful. Another aspect of hope is holiness. You, can, you and I will not be hopeful if we're not holy. We're not. We're going to get there. You know what? Abraham believed God. When you believe God, and I mean really take God in at his word, at what God said, God counts it for righteousness. <laughs> you understand that? It's not about your work, it's about do you believe God? 
Do you believe God can work it out? You know, I, I mentioned my daughter Ashley. I've been struggling some with that. See, don't ever think that because um, you doubt. Uh, Abraham staggered not at the promise of God, Hebrews 11. I tell you, you can have things in your life that will make you stagger. You ever picked up a load, up, have a sack of feed or something? I just think it's around the farm. I, I don't walk on tiptoes. I mean, you know, it'll make you stagger. Burdens of life will make you stagger. They will give you freedoms of doubt. Hope is not without struggle. But it is a good struggle. But the struggle often is caused by our unwillingness to submit to God. Do you hear me? Submit to God. Yield to God's will in your life. A few weeks ago, I got on my knees over the Tattano County campground before God and a few men. And I said, God, I asked God, God, take away the pride that is in my heart. Regarding my daughter, Ashley. How I wanted her to be. And God did that. And I hadn't realized it till just a few days ago, but God has given me peace. And whichever way it goes, you see, hope is the future. See, it's not, well, everything's just right. It's not going to be just right in this earth. But you know what? I have come to the resolve because, see, my sinful pride was not allowing me to enjoy the hope that God has given me that he can do all things. Does that make sense to you? See, you can't describe hope. It's like a flower. You got to see it yourself. You got to experience it. See, hope is not working everything. I say, oh God, I, you give me hope. It's just like I want. It's not going to be like that. But what happens, hope is so powerful that whether it happens or not, it's all right. Because your righteousness is your belief in God. And that is what Christ has imputed in us because he's given us his spirit. His ability is given to us to believe his word. So, so when we think about hope and the structure of it, think about the reason you have hope. What is the reason that you have hope? Now, if you're going to find your hope in Fox News or CNN, you're going to get much. I mean, that's doom and gloom. You're going to find hope in this book. This book, the Bible, is God's word, and it's about hope. That God has promised, and we ought to expect good. You hear me? All of it. I mean, I mean, even as we get older. I watched Sister uh, Jenny Morgan leave the church a while ago to get in her car with her walker, I suppose, to go over there somewhere on the other side of Meredith to play the piano for a worship service. I thought 
What that woman is doing is displaying the hope of God. See, the Bible addresses old age. Secular therapy and geriatrics will not cover it. See, Moses was 80 years old when he started to serve the Lord. Caleb was 80 when he said to Joshua, give me the mountain. And the reason he could say that because of his holy lifestyle. The Bible says in Joshua 14 that Caleb walked holy before the Lord. What my point is, in holiness and mixing it, with trying to, you don't have hope if you try to just live a simple. And another thing, you're not going to fix anybody else. You're not. God's got to do that. And if it's his will to do it, he will do it. But, but the benefit you and I will get from it is when we are focusing um, our heart, we're looking hard at God's glory, for God's glory, and we want to be close to him. We want to do what God's called us to do. And we're not going to let our weakness, we're not going to let some obstacle, some doom and gloom, some situation that we just rather not deal with prevent us from enjoying God and being hopeful. Sister Jenny didn't. She could have said, man, I don't feel like doing this. I said hope is not built on failing. See, there's a moral certainty to godly hope. It's not based on mathematics, nor logic. It's not. So, for example, I believe, I can tell you with all certainty that my wife Penny and I are going to be married the rest of our lives on earth. Now, what is that based on? Because I know something about her character. And my character, it has to do with the will. That's what it has to do. And God has given you a redeemed will, okay? So it has to do with your character. And it's based also on the promises of God. And we do have, what, almost 40 years? I mean, sometime in November, I don't know how long it is, it's sometime in November is our anniversary. I'll figure that out before it gets here, I promise you. Well, you say, well, you know, now preacher, that might not happen. Something might happen. Yeah? And Vladimir Putin might convert to Christianity. And every drug dealer in this world will go out of business by the end of the year. So see, there's a moral certainty. That's the, that's the resource. Not only the reason is important, but it's the resource of your hope. We are dealing with the God of all hope. And if we're not hoping in God, we don't have any hope. But when we're hoping in God, there's no reason not to be hopeful. See, hope is... Future faith, I mean, it's the focus on the future. It's believing and understanding that God's will will be done. Look at Romans 5. 
We're not far away. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. The reason we have peace because of God's grace that he took our place on the cross, that our sins are forgiven, that he gave us his righteousness. By whom, in verse 2, also we have access by faith unto this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. You see, that is the focus of our hope, the glory of God. That is God, you get all the credit for this. Randy doesn't get any. And then he goes on to say, and not only so, but we glory, listen at this, in tribulations also, knowing that tribulation worketh patience. Wait a minute now, just listen. And patience, experience. And experience, hope. You see why God allows trials and trouble in your life? so that you and I will be able to have hope. So that we can have patience. So that we can trust Him and believe Him. And that we can go ahead and do what He's called us to do. And not trying to make excuses any longer. See, because Christ has died for you and Christ has taken your sins away. And if you try to tell me that you don't believe that, 1 John 5 says that you are calling God a liar. I don't believe you want to do that. You don't. Because he is not a liar. You can hope in God. And hope maketh not a shame, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. When we have the Holy Ghost given to us, it is just not, he is just not some add-on, okay? He is just not some, someone that, that would say, well, will give us understanding of all things, or help us read the Bible more, or make us be more presentable. Now the Holy Spirit is God in us so that when we put our working britches on, that He bears the fruit in our lives in the midst of our trouble and struggles and it comes through as hope. And when there's hope, there is joy, there is life. And as we take in God's word, and this is what I want to leave you with. This is the book of hope. I don't know where you're getting your hope, but if you're not getting from this, it's fake. It won't last long. That's all I got to say. Old Abraham said, notice what he said. Now this is so simple, I can't hardly preach it. He believed what God said. That's all he did. He didn't have to worry about what he thought he had to do. He didn't worry about what he couldn't do or what somebody else was doing. He said, I believe God. 
So when you believe God, you hope in God. So it's like a reservoir when you take in this glory, this book, this hope. You might think of it like a reservoir, a hydroelectric dam on this reservoir. Dam up a big great, great river of life, so to speak, Christian-wise. That's what, that's what hope is. So we need this reservoir of hope. Why is that? Because in your life, you're going to have to forgive somebody. You hear me? Have you experienced that yet? Yeah, you're going to have to forgive somebody. And they're going to have to forgive you. Pretty good chance of it. So then if we don't have hope, you see what I'm saying? If you don't have hope and you try to forgive somebody, you're going to have a grudge. You're going to have a retaliatory spirit. That's what you're going to have. See, you need this reservoir too because somewhere along in your life, your plans are going to get interrupted. Has that happened yet? Is everything in your life worked out just like you thought it was going to work out? I see a lot of no's. Well, then you're going to need hope. You're going to have to draw from that reservoir. You're going to have to let love and and faith and and courage and patience churn like those hydroelectric generators to give you power to keep on going when all of your life has been interrupted and disappointment is very, very real and hurtful. But with hope, you can do it. See, you can do it. That's why we need a reservoir of hope. That is the structure of hope. And God wants us to have it. Don't ever quit. Don't ever lose hope. Hope in God. May the Lord bless us to be more hopeful and to show our hope in our lives. You can put hope in the most hurtful situation and you can bring light and we're to be the light of the world. I believe that we fight the spiritual battles. It's a spiritual battle that you're not fighting, but you've got to fight it with hope. That's what you fight it with. You don't fight it with the good works, what you know or what you've done or haven't done. You fight it with hope. Would you bow with me? Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for the hope that we have in the Lord Jesus Christ. You, God, are only hope. What time we are afraid, and there will be times we are, we're going to hope in you. Lord, have we not seen your goodness? And we see that through the lens of hope. We would faint in the land of the living, just like David. All our expectation, Lord, is from thee. Thank you, Lord, for giving us hope. Lord, you're so much more 
than all our, than our hope. You're so much more than, than all our fears. You, Lord, have taken our broken works and lives and build bridges and you've taken our deepest sorrows and made a prisms to see heaven and through our tears. Thank you, God, for your glory. Heed our hope, hope up. Wake us up. No matter what we're faced, we're facing it with a hope of your glory and our good. And we do it all for Jesus' sake. In his name we pray. Amen.